Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. This is the dogs program. Yes, I know it's Christmas, but the dogs don't stop for anybody, not even for the birth of Christ. We are here to celebrate public education and to fight for it. And we have a dog we have a website. The dogs have a website at www.adogs.info and this week we have a press release 686. Now Ray always used to say that you could bet your bottom dollar that come Easter, come Christmas, come any other holiday, there would be a report come out just before and it would get buried. Well, this Christmas, things are no different. The Auditor-General in Canberra has put out a report on the VET scheme, on the TAFE, which is a national scandal of the first order and his report actually proves I believe that private provision is a corrupt failure although of course it's not his job to spell that out but the dogs can. On Tuesday the 20th of December just days before our Christmas break the Auditor General's report that is deeply embarrassing to the Education Minister and the Turnbull Government was released on the internet. And if you go up to our website, you will get the internet site. This report was a damning indictment of the Lib Lab policy of privatisation of the TAFE vocational sector. It should not go unnoticed by state school supporters. It has actually not gone completely unnoticed by the business community Uh, the Fairfax Press, particularly those that read the Financial Review, where a very interesting commentary was made. Why? This report was a damning indictment of the policy. Whereas in 2008, vocational education was 100% public provision, eight years later, it's only taken eight years... By 2016, it was only 15% in public hands. 85% of the TAFE provision in Australia is in in private hands. Now, if this can be done to TAFE listeners, it can be done to secondary and primary and tertiary education all around. And this is what Mr Trump is hoping to do with Betty DeVos in America. 
It's further proof, this Auditor-General's report, of the inability of the private sector to provide an education in the national interest or the children's interest, rather than the profiteering enrichment of the shonky few. Through this uneven mix of public and private providers, Australia's VET sector currently delivers accredited training in workplace-specific and technical skills to approximately 4.5 million students annually. Yet for 85 of these students, it has provided... What has it provided? Uncertainty. Uncertainty as to whether or not, even if they were or weren't enrolled, they have a debt because they're in that that age group, and we'll get on to this later, and uncertainty if they have got through and got a piece of paper from these providers, whether it's worth anything. All they know, the students who have been involved in this, is that they have a debt to the government, not to the private providers who've run off with our money. It's little wonder that students are now clamouring at the doors of our publicly funded TAFEs and publicly controlled TAFEs. Now, what did the Auditor-General find? These are his, his findings. $1.2 billion in loans have been issued inappropriately and they're unlikely to be recovered. In other words, this $1.2 billion in loans has been... Uh, provided the money has been given to these shonky operators for students who were never enrolled. And we'll get on to how they managed to do this. There's been focus on increasing participation instead of integrity and accountability. The administrators of the scheme did not safeguard its operation. Well, they probably couldn't because the legislation didn't allow them to. The Australian Tax Office, and this is really worrying, the Australian Tax Office provided student tax file numbers to providers up until September the 23rd, 2016, so that young people who are with the tax office, who have an ABN number or who have a number, a tax file number, uh, they didn't need to even be enrolled. Just so long as a shonky provider had their name and they had a tax file number, they could say they were enrolled and get the money for them and then impose the debt on them. And that is exactly what has happened. $1 billion in loans will not be repaid because the students will not meet the income repayments threshold because they won't get jobs. The scheme was not effectively designed or administered and the cost blew out without achieving the participation forecasts. Providers were self-reporting, self-regulating, we've heard it all before, and they were not effectively monitored and regulated. How could they be? They were private in confidence. The Auditor-General's report on the failed loan scheme said that the VET fee-help scams cost the taxpayer $1.2 billion in 2014 and 15 alone. And remember, it's been going for eight years. And that's equivalent to a quarter of the loans issued in the last two years. 
The Auditor-General, Grant Hayhear, also said that until the end of September this year, the Australian Tax Office was giving colleges tax file numbers of people whom colleges claimed were legitimately enrolled in courses and eligible for a loan without any confirmation from the student themselves. Shonky colleges have been able to use this loophole to obtain the tax file numbers and their fraudulently enrolled students, possibly without their knowledge, in the student loan scheme. So they've been paid these tuition fees by the government, which the student was required to repay through the tax system when their annual income rose above a threshold, namely $54,869. The report also found that some students who found themselves with a loan debt had stated on oath that they had not given either a college or education broker their tax file number. The report has been titled The Administration of the V-Fee Help Scheme and it said that the ATO had responded to thousands of tax file number requests from colleges since the loan scheme started, some of them listing up to 200 students whose tax file numbers were being sought. So a Shonky College can just enrol students, get their money and not even offer anything. Well, how has Mr Birmingham responded? Surprise, surprise, he's blamed the Labor Party. Now, dogs are not exonerating the Labor Party, who started this in 2008-9, but the, um, the tax file number scam has only been stopped in September this year and Mr Birmingham and the Coalition have been in power uh, for some years and they didn't get on to it. But who's been blamed? Not Mr Birmingham, but the much maligned, perhaps, or am I right, I don't know, uh, bureaucracy in Canberra. They... There are shortcomings in the department which include putting growth of the scheme ahead of integrity and accountability, not paying sufficient attention to risks, inadequate monitoring and until 2016, little analysis or internal management reporting to identify the emerging problems. There are also no arrangements with the regulators, particularly the ACCC, to swap the information about low-quality or unscrupulous colleges. There was no effective control of payments to colleges and they didn't act soon enough to warn students about dodgy colleges. Well, if it's that bad in the TAFE sector, imagine how bad it has been and continues to be, and we know it is continuing to be, in the private sector at the secondary and primary level. Well, what does DOGS think about this? The uh, financial review reporter took the education department to task. But DOGS think that Australian taxpayers should be relieved that the Auditor-General has had the intestinal fortitude to write this report. Not It's taken a long time for him to get there, but at least he's done it in the same way as the Auditor-General did it in Victoria about the Catholic Education Office, although he ended up losing his job uh, as part of it. 
But we need to publicise such a report to protect the Auditor-General and point out the mistaken assumptions underlying the privatisation of our public education systems. Now, as we've we've noted, Tim Dodd of the Financial Review blamed the department. He calls them unbelievably, mind-bogglingly inept. But he doesn't mention that the bureaucracy long ago was gutted of anybody who believed in public rather than private provision of education. It's been starved of funds and expertise and it's also been cowed into submission by the coalition politicians. Dogs believe that we need to return to the tradition of expert, independent public servants who were dedicated to the public rather than the political or private interest who are willing and able to tell truth to power. Privatisation of public provision has led and leads to corruption and outrageous wastage of public money. It has also led to the shortchanging of generations of our youth since state aid was first started in the late 1960s, early 1970s. So as far as dogs are concerned, it's no wonder that Australia is falling behind in the international education stakes. There's a bit of good news in the TAFE sector. The TAFE for All in Victoria has got out a Christmas uh, press release which says, thank you for a great 2016, we made it. And we know you trust TAFE to deliver skills for our future. Public TAFEs are the cornerstone of high-quality education and training and they deliver work-ready graduates who know how to get the job done. So what has happened in the last year for TAFEs? Well, there was a change of government, remember. We actually have a Labor Party, not not a coalition government. And the TAFEs are recovering, but they haven't been saved yet because the previous government... The coalition government in Victoria alone gutted the TAFE by cutting $1.2 billion in their funding. And, of course, their uh, colleagues in Canberra poured our money into the private shonky operators. But this last year, the Victorian Andrews government announced an extra $114 million. Not enough, of course, but it's a start for TAFEs in 2017 with increased funding every year after that. And that was in addition to the $320 million TAFE rescue funding and the $50 million TAFE back to work fund, which was announced in the 2015 state budget. The Victorian government has made some inroads towards thwarting the exploitive practices of many private training providers and the share of public funds allocated to private providers should decrease further in 2017 as the government focuses on quality provision but the TAFE sector still needs public school supporters to fight. TAFE should receive 70% of all public vet funding allocated by the government they say or the dogs say 100%. Private providers shouldn't have a cent of our money. They have proved that they can't do the job. And in 2017, they're going to have a fresh campaign portal and a new vision for Victorian TAFEs and new ways for those of us who support public TAFEs to be involved in their campaign. 
and they point out that we can't afford to let dodgy private providers drain the training funding budget. So uh, stay tuned for the TAFE sector's fight back in 2017. And they have been considerably helped, I would suggest, by the federal government's uh, report. But don't let it get buried just because it's Christmas. However, it is Christmas and we're going to have some Christmas music. We're going to give you Handel's Messiah. The first thing you're going to hear is, O thou that tellest good tidings to Zion, good tidings to Jerusalem. That bring us good time.
Yes, well, we've just been hearing uh, the biggest good tidings to Zion uh, from the Messiah by Handel, George Frederick Handel, F-R-I-D-E-R-I-C. His father wanted him to be a lawyer, but he had other... from Hamburg. He had other ideas and ended up in England. And uh, this is a CD that has been produced by the Master Works of Worship, Celebrated Classics of the Church. And uh, it's nice and and, uh, quick. It's done in the proper Baroque fashion, I believe. But uh, that's enough of the Messiah for the moment. Back to the funding question. Mr Birmingham and the State Ministers of Education met, uh, not this week but last week, and the State Ministers are not happy because the Gonski idea is almost dead in the water. The two Ministers of Education that are perhaps the most unhappy. Now, I, don't th- I think they're all pretty unhappy, particularly the one in South Australia who's got real problems. And, of course, Mr Molino down here in Victoria is not entirely happy either. But um, Piccoli up in New South Wales appears to be the one that makes the most noise. But there's a lot of other noise being made about what's happening with funding in Australia. And the most interesting noise on the internet is made by people who make comments on what they read in the paper. So Dale and I are going to give you the comments. We all know, don't we, just how bad things are and how ridiculous things are. We've been telling you all the year and Robert has been giving you great detail and even Mr Birmingham is aware that there are large numbers of schools wealthy schools that are overfunded with taxpayer money while there are large numbers of children whose begging bowl is left empty and a large number of teachers who are aware because they're at the front line of all of this, large numbers of teachers who are aware that our children, our disadvantaged children, our children from the lower socioeconomic groups who are no lesser in intelligence than those from the wealthy groups. Those children are being shortchanged. This is not just a national scandal. This is an international scandal now because the figures are in for the PISA tests and other tests. Our children are falling behind. So uh, Dale and I are going to read you some of these comments. Uh, Dale's going to start with a gentleman who calls himself Black Abbott. <laughs> Over to you, Dale. Thanks, Jean. Yes, Black Abbott uh, has t- has this to say: the Feds have been letting the media have been letting media comments and their interpretation of scores out for a few weeks. Must be a new LMP education move coming up. They've been at great odds to try and tie in their story that more funding does not equal better results with very selective criticism of Gonski and general funding. Seems they're alone on the political landscape. In fact, they seem to be more alone on all scapes. 
Nitty Blue, Black Abbott, responded, This is an ideological war by the extreme neocons. They only believe the wealthy ought to be well educated, so user pays is a basic ethic. They also know deep down if the percentage of people who have engaged in an education in ethics, critical thinking and science and the creative disciplines is kept low, they can be assured a gullible enough voter base. Mm-hmm. The type that believe the telly sun crap or shock jokes mm-hmm. to vote them in on three-word lies. With the propaganda machine of murdocracy on their side, as long as they cripple the ABC and SBS in return and suppress real wages growth and maintain insecurity of employment, they can win 10 to 15% easy pickings votes at each election. I read somewhere that Mal and his coalition gang of parties spent over $10 million in direct declared campaign money at the last election, while the one ALP, about $4 million. It took a lot to get him scraped over the line. The more the voters are well educated in calling out unethical and untruthful anti-science fear bells, the more immune the voters are to the influence of big corporation money or big unethical positions in campaigns. Given money's the only asset the neo-LLP have in elections, a critical thinking and creative educated electorate is their biggest fear. Black Abbott responds... So true, Nitty Blue, so true. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us all, including themselves when the realisation dawns. Luke Powell got involved. He wrote on the 15th of December at 7.09am. These people get up early. (laughs) All pollies should have to send their own kids to public schools. And Slender the Cat says, agreed. Yellow Peril, Luke Powell, responds, public hospitals as well. (laughs) And Celsius233 says, no child of calibre left behind. (laughs) Slender the Cat gets involved and because of that, keeping the nation stupid, I guess private schools are of use. Young liberal numbers would drop without them. And Hi Honey adds, says, public schools will become unviable, so then the government can privatise all education. Truth Revealed responded, spot on. Also, if education isn't important enough to fund properly, why do the rich believe that by sending their kids to private schools, it's so important? Because they know education is important and the private system is weighted in their favour. Nitty Blue Honey responds, same same tactic the neo-LNP have been using for all public services and assets, deliberately make them unviable and hamstrung, vilify them relentlessly, close them and place them on sale. Celebrate the extremely irresponsible short-term cash gain Pretend it's Labor's fault down the track. And then the churchman, that's you. (laughs) Churchman 72 responded, 
So when confronted with a fall in standards relative to those nations we compete with, the government still wants to cut educational funding and drive us further behind. The wealthy private schools will continue to get their share, plus some of everybody else's share. <laughs> Those gold tap- taps are already on order. And Neville says, Come on, Scotty, my boy. Debt, good. So give them the money you promised. And Wheel Spinner says, Actually, Morrison would classify education as bad debt because it is recurrent expenditure. According to the investor-friendly policies of this government, as Celsius 233 says, the growing debt locked up in ever-inflating house prices must be good debt, while spending on education the next generation of society is necessarily bad debt. Changes to the negative gearing legislation could enrich our whole country rather than continue to impoverish the greater proportion of it. And uh, Penn Fisher responds, It is false. Could you ask Morrison where the money comes from then? Does the good money come from the same place as the bad money? Does the increase in household asset value based on indebtedness become good money? Is investing in children to have high-level skills as adults not worth a debt-based punt? Uh, could the monies for education be trimmed by removing all taxpayers' payer dollars spent on private schools? These questions and more, the false Jedi will answer with Labor's fault. Yes, so throw money at it, according to um, hindsight, me. He <laughs> uh, says, that's the only way we try fix issues. This generally results in requesting more money at a later stage. Here's an idea. He reckons that the states need to take responsibility and improve their education systems. Uh, He feels that it's very easy to keep on blaming the government, but the coffers are dry and everyone needs to start pulling the weight again. (laughs) And people don't like pointing fingers at themselves and looking for an easy scapegoat. Mm. Well, Celsius 233 responds, the coffers are dry and yet rivers of gold still flow in a few select directions. And Slender the Cat says... Slender the Cat, I'm sorry. Apparently there's enough money to throw at a mine in Queensland. (laughs) Always enough money. Uh, And uh, Check 12 says, uh, yep, $1 billion to an Indian company based in the Cayman Islands to build a coal mine. FFS. I won't explain what that means. (laughs) Trek Chat says the Turnbull government's focus is to get the best value for education without compromising high quality level of delivery (laughs) with the least amount of wasteful funding and that's the Birmingham path. We can't afford to keep hungry on debts. (laughs) And Slender the Cat's not sure. Satire? Uh and Bill R2 says no, stupidity. <laughs> and uh, Barry Crockett <laughs> responds, comedy gold. <laughs> and Armchair Economist says, the biggest piece of infrastructure in Australia is people. Failing to fund Gonski is simply, again, failing to provide the infrastructure we all need to grow. 
And Mr Funbro finishes off with uh, the LNP argument about the level of funding is a lame excuse. It's the targeting and level of the funding that Gonski brings that will make a difference. It's too early for the radical improvements to show up in statistics. They know this and don't want improvement because it does come with ongoing cost. The LNP don't want to spend a cent more than they have to on some poor bastard's kids. Yes, well, uh, that was all very interesting and I, I think we should be very grateful to people who spend just a bit of their time, sometimes before they go off to work in the morning on or even on the bus uh, when they're reading their emails and their news, that they respond. Um, and it just shows you that certainly the readers of The Guardian are not uh, unaware of the ridiculous situation we are in with the funding of education and the taxation system in this country. Uh, We've just been finding out in the last week that Transfield, News Corp and ExxonMobil paid no tax in 2013-14. If people who are making the money in this country out of the people of this country paid their tax, we would have no problem at all in balancing our budget. And I think that our uh, the people in power in Canberra think that we are stupid enough not to actually know this. Now, let's have a bit more of the Messiah. Uh, there has been uh, talk of terror attacks and other things in, in Melbourne this year. But so let's hear how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things.
teachers have had their qualifications, their pay, their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. I'm a proud product of a government funded primary school education and of a government funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's still not good enough that kids with disability miss out. You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Well, there was uh, another song from the Messiah, um, How Beautiful Are the Feet, that bring peace. And that is something that we should be thinking of, perhaps. And the best way to bring peace to our society is to integrate our children, is to teach the next generation to live together. Unfortunately, the older generation don't seem to learn But in our schools, we can, and we have done for several generations, taught our children to live together, and nobody is ever prepared to give our public system of education in Australia what it deserves, the accolades that it deserves, for actually teaching our children to live together. Because our public schools enrol everyone. Now, up in New South Wales, Mike Bed is really quite happy with the way things are going in the stamp duty area because there has been an extraordinary increase in house prices. So whenever a house is sold to an ordinary person, uh, you and me, you have to pay stamp duty. And his stamp duty war chest is up. He's got four billion. And what's he going to spend it on? He's going to spend it on roads. So people up in New South Wales are saying, he's got this four billion, why isn't he spending it on education instead of uh, complaining about Mr Birmingham? And the housing uh, policy, of course, uh, is another matter. But um, New South Wales is below a national average for funding need in government schools that has been skewed by large investments in states such as Western Australia. Now, school funding might have been growing, but it's still not enough in Sydney in particular, where they desperately need new public schools. So there were a number of comments to the uh, statement by Mr Mike Baird that he was going to spend his extra $4 billion not on education but on roads. And Dale will start off with the comments. Thanks, Jean. Uh, Fizzy Beer here says, uh, A role for the private sector. Education by checkbook for those that have one. And for the rest... Question mark. Darcy Sydney says crowded schools, hospitals, transport, roads and other rundown infrastructure is the legacy from our governments who have flooded our cities with rampant unplanned for immigration. 
New South Wales has a $4 billion surplus profitably, probably from asset sales we once owned. Whoopee! $4 billion won't go far. Where would they even begin to clean up their mess to get our lifestyles back on track? Mitro Sydney says, first things first, Mike needs to build more sports stadiums. The people are screaming for them, one in every suburb. And Panatane Sydney says, yes, Mitro, you can really see where this government priorities are when we simply don't have enough room for kids in schools and stadiums are still on table. You would struggle to find a better illustration of pork barrelling. The sale of the LPI to undertake this dubious exercise is just the very sour icing on the cake. Jeff Sidney says, I find the very assumption by Victorians that throwing money at the unsustainable Gonski program is more important than solving the crippling congestion in Sydney is ill-informed at best. And Joe Feck responds, Jeff... More roads equals more cars equals more roads equals more cars, cars and repeat. A decent education for all Australian kids is not something that can be dismissed as unaffordable. And Calcedec finishes off with, It's hard to believe the media still buys this stuff. The public doesn't. We know the Budget miracle surplus is down to selling our belongings and taxing the unsustainable asset bubble investment banker Mike is blowing. This is this will all go pear shaped big time for New South Wales. The worst part of the worst part is the new infrastructure paid for and guaranteed by our money will be privately owned and will be charged through the roof to use it. The public once again putting money into the private pocket. And uh, here we find in crikey.com that Transfield, News Corp and ExxonMobil, as I mentioned before, paid no tax. Mm. Now, at Transfield, as probably most of our 3CR ministers would know, is the controversial company running many of Australia's offshore immigration detention centres. And they had no tax payable in Australia in 2013-14 and on its revenue of $2.8 billion and taxable income of $16 million. And they didn't pay a penny, but they got plenty of hours, plenty of our pennies, plenty of our millions. And there's a list of over 1,500 large corporate taxpayers has been published by the Australian Taxation Office for the first time revealing just how much tax some of the biggest companies operating in Australia actually pay. And under changes in tax transparency legislation passed by the former Labor government, the ATO is required to publish the name, income, taxable income and tax payable for every public and foreign-owned corporation with an income of over $100 million. <laughs> Now, there are over 1,500 companies comprising 985 foreign-owned companies and 554 Australian-owned companies and one of the most surprising on the list is that of Transfield Services. Uh, very interesting. It had a revenue of $2.8 billion in 2013-14, which is very interesting, 
West Farmers tops the list, however, at 67.4 billion in revenue with a taxable income of 3.7 billion and tax payable at 1 billion. Woolworths is second at 49.6 billion in revenue, a taxable income of 3.1 billion and tax payable at 910 million. And Telstra pays more tax than Woolworths and West Farmers at 1.7 billion. And it's half public owned, despite revenues of 26 billion. And its taxable income was 5.9 billion. So these are very interesting figures when you sit and think about them. And um, there are people who are doing the research. And when Robert is back, hopefully feeling a bit better, then uh, we will do some more research on all these funding issues. But for now, we are about to go and we're going to have some trumpet music. The trumpet shall sound Mm -hmm. and we shall all be raised, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. So uh, for those of us who have lost loved ones in the last year, uh, we hope you have a happy Christmas and that this will comfort you. So that's the end of us for Christmas, but we will be back before the new year. There's just one more week of dogs for this year, but don't worry, we'll be around in 2017. (laughs) And while there is a public system to fight for, and even when there isn't, even if there's only the idea, the dogs will be there to fight for it. So bye for now. Oh.
Joe. 